Hi, Numiverse. Hello, Numiverse. It's Bess. And Sandy. And we're psyched to join you for part two of our new astrological exploration uh, through the seasons of the year. And we are gearing up for Taurus season. The sun enters Taurus on the 19th of April. And it's going to be hanging out there in the land of rose petals and treats and self-worth and all sorts of juicy treasures until the or through the 19th of May. So we're going to take you through this season ahead, the key astrological moments and energies and, you know, how you can best uh, work with them. I feel like when I think of Taurus, I, I usually think of like a cow in a field. Yeah. And I love that you you best think of like candy and treats because <laughs> yeah. they're so different, but they both have a lot to do with this um, energy of Taurus, which is about luxuriating in the, um, the truth of Mother Earth and feeling grounded and connected and also feeling sensually pleased and feeling um, that it's good to be here and you get to enjoy yourself. Yeah. You know, I always think in conjunction with this sign of Bjork's song, Big Time Sensuality, and the line in that song that's so powerful uh, where she says it takes courage to enjoy it. And I think sometimes we feel like, oh, it's just like a simple thing, like all the, like Taurus, all the treats, all the pleasures, like let's just roll in the hay and, and ruminate in this kind of sense of abundance. And sometimes there can be challenges in that, you know, it's really brings up questions of our deservedness, our self-worth, whether it's all going to be taken away, how long will it last? And in its highest octave of expression, Taurus is really about um, trusting that there's more than enough to go around and that there's no sense of depletion or sense of scarcity. Yeah, it's almost like Taurus is what existed before scarcity mindset was invented. It's like with, with this Taurus season, it's like instead of feeling like you're, um, instead of trying to like push away scarcity, what if you just bypass it yeah. <laughs> and just like feel the truth of your own safety and your own security and I know that's a lot that's a lot to ask right because it's security is one of our big needs as humans we've got like 11 core needs and security is one of them and it's core it's primal and this is primal because with the sun and Taurus we connect to the the concept of like do I get to stay alive in my body and do I get to keep things going do I have enough um and so you know, finding ways, especially because as soon as the sun goes into Taurus, Pluto goes retrograde on April 22nd. So a couple of days later, and I don't usually, um, I don't usually put a lot on the retrogrades of the outer planets because they go, they all, a lot of them go retrograde for the whole summer, usually every yeah. year. <laughs> so, um, but Pluto going retrograde, you know, there's always that shift in the station and the retrograde motion and it's like it's like what are you ready to release Taurus is about the Taurus season is about possession and what you've built up for yourself but also with Pluto it's like okay what also needs to fall away and we've done a lot of that work already through the year we've been um pressured under fire to release 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 and up level and now it's like can you do that in a way that feels supportive and sustained yeah, I mean, we spoke a lot last season, uh, Aries season, about um, our relationship to change and how 
whatever you feel about change, you know, it's all good, but just sort of to stay with your flavor of, you know, are you a bulldozer? Are you a termite kind of changer? Are, you know, you someone who uh, really likes to make kind of micro movements of change or take wild leaps? And now it feels in some ways that, um, you know, and I can't help again, but think through pop music. <laughs> like when I first looked at the charts and Sandy and I were looking at the charts of the key moments in this astrological month, like immediately in my head, um, the Spice Girls, um, what was the original? I can't even remember, like the big, big hit, but the phrase, <laughs> tell me what you want, what you really, really want. <laughs> like this season is really about, you know, we've cleared the decks in some profound ways. You know, we've we've shifted, we've begun the astrological new year, and now it's like we move into the belly of desire, what do we really long for and how can we um, also like almost inhabit that space before the, the getting like the law, like what are the, what are the uses of like longing and of desire and what do we actually want to kind of magnetize? What do we really, really want? Um, because Taurus is an energy that's about magnetics. And, you know, we've talked before you and I, Sandy, about, this Venus rulership of Taurus and how it's a different flavor than the Mars ruled um, Aries season because it's it's kind of the power of drawing things to us quite literally magnetically without having to be super strategic or effortful or yang about the way that we go out and get them that how can we kind of trust that they're going to like stick to our skin like through our own longing and through our own you know love for them. Mm. When the sun moves into Taurus, it's it's hanging out really close to Uranus. Mm-hmm. And Uranus is still in Aries, but later in the month, and we'll get there in a minute, but just to kind of give you a little foreshadowing, mm-hmm. <laughs> later in the month, Uranus is going to move into Taurus. We've been breaking free in a very assertive and aggressive way with Uranus and Aries. We've been trying to define ourselves and our individuality in the world, and um, now the sun, and the sun has been really invested in that for the last month. We've been trying to figure out who we are, and um, there's been a, a need to assert ourselves. And now uh, the sun will move into Taurus, and it's kind of changing the dial in a way to say, yeah, it's okay to be where you are. It's okay to actually just be and magnetize in the way that Bess is describing, and just allow and trust. And, and then when Uranus moves into Taurus, it, we're going to revolutionize that too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's interesting too to think about, you know, the Chiron, you know, the asteroid Chiron shifting gears just before the sun shifts too and entering Aries. And, you know, I don't want to make too big of a deal about this because Chiron has a crazy erratic orbit and it's going to be in the sign of Aries for quite some time. But it does feel to me in some ways like the debut of Taurus season is also connected to the energy of like, where have we actually like also not claimed what we really, really want? You know, where, where have we, and it's, it's a theme that's going to illuminate, I think through the full moon too, where do we feel ashamed of what we desire potentially? Like where has somebody told us or we've told ourselves like, I shouldn't want that thing or that's not the thing to want or that's a bad, you know, like all these kinds of judgments that we place on our desire nature and our like more animalistic instincts and Chiron, you know, this, this kind of um, sensitized asteroid, you know, shifting into Aries 
assert or, you know, kind of taps into, you know, wounds or sensitized places around our self-assertion and coupled with Taurus, it feels like around asserting our desires around starting with the sentence, you know, starting sentences with the phrase I want and where do we feel like we've not fully given ourselves permission to do that. All right, so on April 24th, Venus enters Gemini. So our dear darling um, beauty of the Zodiac and the great lover of the Zodiac is moving into a very communicative sign um, where she'll be for a little while, where she'll be helping us share with others and share our truth um, through to our friends and to our partners and learn about ourselves and learn about what brings us pleasure. This is light and lively energy um, that pairs nicely with this idea best that you raised about connecting to what you want because Venus and Gemini can be very inquisitive about that. She can be very curious. Mm-hmm. So that might be a nice energy to bring into this um, to, to find out what feels good. Yeah, and I think it really it connects inherently to this sense of value too. I know you and I have had curious, curious Gemini kind of energetic conversations, Sandy, about how in um, some schools of astrology, Gemini is the natural ruler of Gemini is actually Venus. You know, in, in sort of mainstream astrology, it's Mercury. But it feels like it really resonates with this theme of value and worthiness that feels really connected to Taurus because Venus and Gemini goes out and sees all of these kind of curious treats in the world, these extensions of beauty in, you know, all these kind of curious prismatic forms. And how can the process of like looking upon what we love in the external world bring us into our own value center where it's like I can go out and and really revel in my own tastes and see that this this object that I'm loving or this person that I'm loving that there's a little bit of me in that that there's a process of like mirroring that goes on where we look upon what we love and we're both changed by that thing by that relationship by that object but we're also changing the thing and we're finding ourselves to be valuable because we're saying you know that we you know we're we're worthy of of loving it you know of loving what we love basically and a couple of days after that, um, Mercury's will be square Saturn. And so uh, Mercury is now moving direct. Mercury was square Saturn before, so this is another pass. And so Mercury's in Aries and Saturn is in Capricorn. And this is a chance for us to get really clear about, really now that Mercury is direct, get get conscious about how we want to drive forward into the world and be leaders and be confident um, as we're building up some new thing. You know, a lot of us are rebuilding here at this phase and we're trying to figure out what the structure is that we're building and how, like what the foundation is that we're building on and what's steady and what's not steady (laughs) as Saturn's in Capricorn. And so with Mercury and Aries here in the square, it's a little bit of creative tension saying like, who do you want to be in all of this? Can you drive forward in the way that you want now? Yeah, I love that you brought up the Mercury square Saturn because it feels like it's really connected in many ways or it's it's helped along on the wings of Venus and Gemini because this is about narrative reconstruction. Mm. You know, Gemini is this storyteller energy, this buzzy communicative energy and it's it feels like we've like taken this big, I don't know, this like glorious kind of epic tome or volume off the shelf and we're like 
um, just sort of assessing the storylines that have come before and figuring out how we want to pen and what colored ink and what you know kind of quality of paper we want to produce for the story moving forward. And Mercury square Saturn is really it brings up a lot of those um, you know where we've limited ourselves through narrative too, through the kind of same old storyline of this is me in my life and this is what I always do and this is what this person always does and it's kind of an interesting marriage mashup between Gemini Gemini energy Mercury and Saturn you know to re to rebuild as you're saying these kinds of storylines yeah I love that you said that looking also a little bit deeper at like Venus being sextile Chiron so so this Venus and Gemini saying like hey could we, could we like in a really relaxed way, could we easily, gracefully, harmoniously switch into a new frame, into a new story? Could we stop, you know, could we, could we do it? Could we say that we healed the wounds, those Chiron wounds? Could we say that we healed them and that it's gentle and harmonious and we can, we can share a new framework, a new belief system? So it all ties mm. together really beautifully for healing. Yeah, I love the the notion that you're talking about of almost kind of slipping out of the frame, you know, slipping in and out of the frames. Gemini is this great figure that moves between worlds and is able to kind of slip into the outfits and slip out of outfits. And it almost puts me Mm -hmm. in the mind of like, can you... Um, think about your narrative upgrades or your you know storyline sometimes we're like oh I've got to change my storyline I've got to like say this mantra to the mirror I've got to like (laughs) fake it till I make it and believe these things I'm saying and it's almost like can you treat this part of this season as like you're almost just like the DJ of your own like the volume levels on different parts of your story you're just like playing with the knobs you know obviously I don't know what I'm (laughs) really talking about in terms of playing with the knobs but like you know, you're, you're turning down the volume on, you know, the drum section or whatever, and you're turning up the volume on some other section of your life. Can it feel kind of seamless and sort of celebratory and just like you're kind of just adjusting the way that you're hearing things from yourself or from the world, like the feedback loop, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think we're really tapping into something here with this beginning part of Taurus season. Really, we're talking about the 24th, 25th, 26th, because on April 26th, Mars is conjunct Pluto. So, so while all that's happening, you're going into, I mean, Mars is like your engine, it's your force, it's your drive. And Pluto's the planet of transformation and regeneration. So, you know, this is, on, on one, you know, one way that you can interpret this is like, <laughs> I don't think I should use this word right now, but I'm going to, war. Um, you know, and this is Mars conjunct Pluto. Another way you can interpret this is like a spiritual deep dive into what needs to be let go of and released and healed and transformed. And you really, there's an action thing here. Yeah. There's action happening. You're, you're really releasing and letting go. So this is a, there's a lot of potential in this first part of Taurus season to tell a new story, um, and to confront yourself and to release uh, and, and apply yourself to that process. Yeah, I really am this image of the confrontation too makes me think, you know, not necessarily not to like sweeten something that doesn't need to be sweetened, but when I think about, you know, the kind of hardline story revision, you know, versus the kind of narr- like the narrative knob adjustment, I think too of our relationship circling back to that theme of desire and pleasure and where we have or have not let ourselves long for what we really want. You know, I think too, again, about this word shame, you know, sort Mm. of coming up in, in association with 
both this Pluto retrograde kind of deep dive into your own kind of personal underworld and the shadowier bits of that, and also Venus and Gemini's curiosity about that experience. So it's almost like how can you kind of um, cultivate sort of a sweet inquisitiveness around your own kind of shadowier aspects too that doesn't feel like, oh God, I'm going to like go hard into the trench and like just, you know, ferret out all the snakes and all the creepy crawling things down there and like just go hard and, you know, like be like the exterminator. You know, how can you, um, it's really about in many ways embracing all the bits of ourselves. You know, Venus and Gemini gives us this multifaceted perspective and then Pluto uh, takes us into our personal underworld. So how can we love all our bits too as we continue this journey through Taurus pleasure energy? Which brings us neatly into the full moon in Scorpio, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> I mean, this full moon in Scorpio, we do have Mars conjunct Pluto, which we've been describing, and it's uh, Pluto's ruler is um, Pluto's the ruler of Scorpio here. So, 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 <laughs> <laughs> so this full moon, a full moon is two opposite energies facing off, and when that happens, there's heightened energy that becomes created as a result so this heightened stream this channel to enter into is to heal to face what needs to be faced to be vulnerable that's my key word you know if you're going to be moving through the world how how can you turn to vulnerability instead of control that's where i go right away with a full moon in scorpio is like you know, because vulnerability is what's honest. Vulnerability is acknowledging the shame. You've been talking about shame best, and it's like if you're if you're saying, you know, I'm just here, I'm just here the way I am. I'm sharing my experience, and I'm going to open up, and I'm doing that because I know that on a deep level, I'm worth it. I'm worth it, and I actually there's nothing to be ashamed of, and I'm safe to do that. I'm safe to be vulnerable. You push yourself and you push your heart open in those moments. You know, a good person to be reading for this full moon in Scorpio might be Brene Brown. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I love that you're bringing up vulnerability because I think so often of the Taurus-Scorpio axis and in particular of this full moon of a, a beastly one, a beastie one. Um, <laughs> now I'm thinking of there's a store, I think it's in the West Village, it's a pet shop called Beastie Feast or Feasty Beast <laughs> or something. I, you know, I think it's like a pet supply store. But this is a beastie feast of a moon, you know, in terms of when we're talking about vulnerability and, ten, you know, tenderness toward yourself, this feeling of like, I'm a little human animal, you know, I've got all these urges and all these impulses and these desires and, you know, so does everybody else. And how can we kind of um, really, you know, have, I don't even know that the word is courage, but have, have a certain, can we find the deliciousness too in that, in that sense of animalism? Like what is the beast inside of us? What does the little beast want to feast on? You know, what is, what is, you know, how can we make decisions from sometimes from a place of our more, you know, kind of fluffy, furry animal core? I mean, Taurus and Scorpio are both fixed signs. And this always makes me think of, I don't know if I'm going to say the word right, but the, I think it's centripetal force, which is the force that's like kind of the internal channel or in Kundalini, I don't know much about Kundalini, you know, yoga, but my sense of the, the kundalini, the kind of channel that comes through the body, these are 
signs, fixed signs that really kind of know how to be changed by the containment of energy and letting energy kind of run through the internal channel of the body. So I feel like this full moon really, it returns us to, to that sense of um, kind of being filled up from the inside out almost. And, you know, knowing that what you were saying about the inherent worthiness, you know, that that whatever is kind of firing in that channel, whatever it wants to be fed by is, you know, more than okay. And that we can, you know, give ourselves that. And also that we already have all the resources within us. Mm. You know, the ultimate gift, I think, in some ways of Scorpio is when you're stripped down bare and raw and real, you know, what kind of resources can you summon from the internal channel that don't, it can never be taken from you or given to you. It's not even, it's inherent. I love that way of describing Scorpio. It's so, it's so beautiful and it's so human. And um, at this full moon, we have, it's fairly well aspected. It's sextile. uh, The moon is sextile to Saturn and Capricorn. So that's another, Capricorn to me is, well, to us all, (laughs) Saturn and Capricorn here. This is about What's the structure that you're building? What's the skeleton of it all? So best, you know, I'm going to build on the metaphor you created. You're talking about this, this moon as being this, I can't say the word you just said, but a a centered kind of force or channel, thinking of the Kundalini. And then maybe the Saturn in Capricorn that's kind of helping this moon along, that's supporting it, that's saying, like, you can do it. That's the skeleton that surrounds Mm. this center force. So it's saying, like, if we build the framework, if we have the technique, if we have the boundaries, if we have the systems, if we know, like, the outline of how we want to do this, we can go that deep. We can feel that centered. We can feel that, that whole and that we are truly fed by the internal wellspring. Yeah. Yeah, a real uh, flesh and bones yeah. image and moon. And, you know, to remember, too, that the full moon is a celebration. You know, how mm-hmm. can we celebrate, I mean, the range of content that lives within, within us, all of those impulses, you know, and really celebrate our own intensity, too. Like, what are you longing for that, I mean, almost like I think of, like, really obsessions that feel like, good to obsess over whatever those are you know like what is really turning you on right now and lighting you up you know the full moon is always kind of a a moment of culmination but a moment of celebration Mm -hmm. too and you know scorpio is an energy that sometimes we feel like a little trepidatious about fully celebrating because it's like oh god is it what if i'm too much or what if i want Mm. too much or what if i go too hard in this relationship or at this thing or and how can we really like celebrate our own the intense parts of it like what are you intense about you know what are you and like what do you not have to apologize anymore for around that intensity because our intensity is also like our willingness to say like yes life is worth it it's worth sinking its teeth into and it's worth going hard sometimes because it actually you know feels really good and reminds me of my own worthiness to to know that it's worth it to sink in in that way yeah and i you know i bet that if you look you can find something on this full moon to feel like there was something that you built somewhere the sun is trying saturn and the moon is sextile saturn and so this is this is reminding you that you've been doing <laughs> we've been doing some capricorn work <laughs> over the last couple of months and in, in april we did some real we really came to some walls 
um, within ourselves and out in the world. So taking the time to celebrate because, and maybe this is just a message that's just for me, and so I'm just going to tell it to myself on the channel. (laughs) It's like, it's like, do the effort, take the effort, take the steps to sit down and give yourself the honor of, of recognizing what you have, what you have built, because that is the energy to be in here. And you, there's really a need in our culture to make space for that. We don't inherently do it. We don't just say like, oh, that's the right thing to do right now. And it's super important. Um, the moon is also making an awesome, beautiful, awesome. That's not a word I usually use when I talk about aspects. But <laughs> I think it fits. I like it. Um, an awesome trine to Neptune and Pisces. Mm. So this brings in that sense of spiritual connectedness and that like there is a buffer and the buffer is love. And so, um, you know, feeling that, feeling that connection to love, feeling that connection to your inner guidance and listening for that guidance can be a really easy way to, you can easily activate it right now. So definitely, um, get into that receptive mode of listening I love that you bring. I love that you bring love up. It's so <laughs> lovely. It's lovely. Um, but too, in thinking about you know this um, Jupiter moving through Scorpio, which we've had since mm. this has been like last fall, yeah, um, and we'll have through this fall, and you know in a retrograde moment here um, currently, and thinking too about Scorpionic energy's relationship to intimacy and to really um, using this energy of looking at all our bits and not apologizing for them and softening our gaze toward all of these primal places in ourselves to reach out to somebody else and collide in a profound way where we can see all of their human bits too and you know that doesn't necessarily need to be when we think of an intimacy we think of like a lover or romantic but you know how can we get intimate with with all of, you know, with the people that we collide with, you know, whether they're profound partnerships or people we um, pass in the world or on the train, this sense of, you know, using that Piscean energy of allowing people to be exactly as they are, it feels very connected to this to this concept, concept of intimacy that Scorpio brings up around this time. So this is a really rich kind of mid, well, mid to end of month, um, you know, moment, well, mid-month, actually, sorry. No, <laughs> end of month. That we're talking the about the end of the month. month. Oh, the end, of, oh, right, the end <laughs> of the month, but not the end of the astrological season. So the 29th, we're talking around the 29th of April, the full moon. Right after the full moon, we've got some generally easy aspects as we move into the first week of May. Mercury on May 4th finally leaves its post shadow so it is moving free and clear now full speed ahead so in the beginning of may and even you know if you're listening to this early enough in april do tie up any loose ends that came up around the mercury retrograde and and attend to anything that you need to uh rendezvous with (laughs) yeah i love a rendezvous with mercury yeah what does mercury rendezvous look like i mean again it's like that that figuring out whatever that image is for you of rewriting some of the storylines or um, inquiring around these outmoded stories, this feels like a sweet time to really hone in on the songs, the songs that you want to be 
you know, playing on your channels and, you know, it's the waning moon energy we're sort of building toward um, the the new moon. Um, so it's not necessarily that you have to like go out and like effort these and start singing them to the world yet, but like what is kind of your internal beat that you want to be dancing to, kind of sorting this out in this moment. Um, Mercury does make a few interesting aspects to Pluto and to Mars, um, these kind of powerhouse planets again. So mm-hmm. it really is, it's almost like we're reaching kind of a critical level where there's certain storylines that are really just like asking to be sloughed off. And it's almost like, I almost think of the energy of just like, it's just played out. Like they're literally like playing themselves out. Yeah, you get the full moon and that starts that starts some things in motion a little bit with noticing these Scorpio concepts of like, can I be um, vulnerable or where am I trying to hold on to power to keep myself safe? And then on May 7th, when Mercury is square Pluto, uh, you you may raise more consciousness about that again. And that continues through um, the next week until Mercury squares Mars on the 12th, when you're you're going to be you're going to be like coming up against what do you need to let go and trying to make it very conscious and tell yourself a new story. So we're still talking about stories, and we haven't even gotten to Gemini season. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're prepping here with Venus yeah. and Gemini. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're we're making a nice bed for ourselves. Mm. Um, uh, somewhere in there, around May eighth, the Sun is opposite Jupiter, and so you know the Sun is in Taurus, opposite Jupiter and Scorpio. Um, we we get to see like how far we've come as we've been expanding the narratives around healing that Jupiter's transit through Scorpio has brought us. So you get to really ground into it. Like, have we made progress with the Me Too movement? Like, you know, have we made progress in expanding the shadow and seeing what what secrets needed to come out and be healed in the big bright light of day like where do we stand with all of that i see this as a moment also to face off with your own sense of internal abundance and say like mm. am i ready for more am i ready to up level mm. am i ready for more i love it <laughs> i love this phrase like am i ready for more like because when once we're you know we're shifting out into um this energy a big big shift is is happening well mercury shifts into taurus on the 13th um, but then we have Uranus entering Taurus to take us on the same day as the new moon in Taurus on the 15th. And it really like, am I ready for more? And am I ready, um, you know, returning to this theme of desire and worthiness and value? Um, this starts to shake up what we th- we might think that we thought that we wanted, you mm. know, like we're finding new flavors of satiation, new flavors of pleasure, new things that we things that maybe we used to think that we wanted or have been like that that have kind of gotten played out on those you know that kind of like the the exhaustion of some of those storylines and that you know are we ready for more and are we ready for to want different things than we thought that we wanted and that can be a real moment of reckoning as well where we realize that the things that we thought were providing us security or we thought were filling us up or satiating us um don't really feel that filling anymore that nutritional that the way you know it's when you as you were kind of lining all the planets up for us as they mercury pops into taurus on may 13th and 
Uranus enters Taurus on May 15th. You mentioned that, and it, it made me feel like with the new moon in Taurus, we were, there's like a little party forming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. And this party, it's very, maybe it's a quiet party. Maybe it's actually, you know, well, let's see if I could make this make sense. But what flows into my mind is like, maybe it's a seance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though, seance. Yeah, sensual seance. Even though Taurus is very grounded and doesn't usually like to go there. Um, so, so maybe it's not a seance, but maybe this is a gathering to say like like let's have a more enjoyment in our lives but let's let that enjoyment be sustainable yeah. like and and let's get together and we're going to renovate and revolutionize how we sustain ourselves in the world and yes we can make it fun and yes we can make it beautiful and yes we can make it into a party and yes we can get together and we can call it in uh, Uranus moving into Taurus, it's going to be here for what, like eight years? Yeah. Um, and so this is a big deal. Like underscore, underscore, underscore. <laughs> this is a big deal. <laughs> and it's happening on the new moon. Yeah. And it really, you know, I love this concept of like sustainable desire too, because I really think about, um, you know, what are the things that actually feel good to want and good to you know sometimes we get trapped in this feeling and desire nature almost of like obsessions that feel like they're never fully filling us or we're always in the state of longing but we're never really having or there's you know a feeling of like we all know the things that don't really that like we're longing for them on some level you know chemically or otherwise but they don't actually feel really good in our Mm. bodies and like what is the line between those two and it feels like uranus is like coming in and like you're saying, really saying, what are the things that feel good to want in the long term? And, you know, Mars shifts into Mars's powerhouse planet shifts into Aquarius the next day. So this mm-hmm. is this, you know, it, in to a certain extent, this kind of durable energy, this futuristic energy of the things that are worth wanting and worth working for. In a, in a very kind of long-term sense, in a, in a, a very durational sense, um, in terms of like, what do we want the future, you know, our future desires, how do we want them to feed us, you know, kind yeah. of in a sustainable way? Yeah, as we're looking at this, I wonder, um, I'm really wondering here with Mercury um, hanging out really close to Uranus, both in Taurus, and then Mars cruising into Aquarius, like, if you've got something to protest, <laughs> this would be the time to do it. Like if you've got something where you want to put your stake in the ground and say like, this is the this is the world I want to see and this is what I believe in, these are my values and lightning strikes the earth, we need to shake it up here. This this let's do that because you have the power here to shake things up. And there with Taurus sometimes there can be a sentiment of like, no, I'll stay home. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'll stay on the couch where things are safe. It's like in some way, there are moments when you have to take a stand. And so can you do that with like the might of um, of like Mother Earth behind you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I love thinking about, you know, with this, that kind of tension or interesting conversation going on between the radicalism of Uranus and the kind of fixity of Taurus you know, thinking about really like where the true ground of your security lies, you know, that the the external kind of structures that you thought maybe were, 
you know, providing this, that, that really this like almost takes us full circle to this question of worthiness, because as the external or the, the seeming sources of sustenance get kind of interrupted or we revolutionize them or we shift up what we thought we wanted or where we feel like we're getting fed, we find like this internal ground of like value and worthiness and security that has nothing to do with an external provider who is or is not going to give us this thing or where our source of abundance lies that it really like takes us into the deepest flavor of Taurus energy, which is inherent value Mm. that needs no proving and no checking in to see, you know, where, where it's going to get its treats from. Yeah. Yeah. So take advantage of this new moon, you know, the new moon is still um, kind of opposite, very wide orb, very, very wide orb, opposite to Jupiter and Scorpio here. Um, so take this new moon to set intentions for how you want to have your relationship with your resources be. Like, how do you want to feel that you're safe in the world? Is there a more expanded and an abundant way to frame this? And you can use this new moon as a seed time where you plant rows of, uh, of sunflower seeds here and you say, okay, these are going to grow. They're going to have their cycle, but here's the moment where I seed the world I want to live in and I seed the, the way I want to feel fed and safe in that world for myself and my, my farm that I'm building, <laughs> you yeah. know, all of the, all my family and the, the community and the chickens and the cows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bringing us full circle back to that <laughs> pasture from the beginning. So a real deep dive this season into the desire nature, into our sources of security, into our inherent value and worth um, in reckoning with um, storylines and, you know, bits of ourselves that we've stuffed down or that we've considered to be shameful and finding new ways to create sustainable pleasure, you know, based on what we are really, really longing for on a profound, you know, soul level that doesn't, you know, need to ultimately come from an external source. And so that takes us really to the end of the season, to the end of Taurus season on May 18th, Mercury's trying Saturn. And so this is a lot of really sustaining and grounding earth energy that is kind of offering you a little bit of like a gold star for doing mm. that new moon work for saying like this is this is the life I want to have I'm in a body and I'm on the ground here and like actually I actually deserve to feel good mm. um and so here with this uh gentle aspect of mercury trine saturn we're kind of saying like yeah Hey, you built it up. Here's a little gold star. See how it feels to have healthy boundaries and um, feel into the moment and enjoy the moment. Enjoy the sweater against your skin and the sunlight on your face and um, soothe yourself where you can with the nature that's around you and the magic that exists in that natural world. And then on May 19th, you've got Venus sextile Uranus and Mars sextile Chiron. And so this is kind of, these sextiles are very harmonious aspects. Mars sextile Chiron is saying, you've you've been doing, you've been activated, you're Chiron, you're just fresh into the new sign of Aries here. And it's okay, like you get to keep 
asserting yourself. You get to keep moving forward. Uh, keep feeling through all of the wounds and walking toward the thing that needs to be healed so that you become an expert and are able to heal others. And Venus sextile Uranus is saying like, let's, let's talk it through, Venus and Gemini, let's talk it through, let's communicate, and let's try to come to some framework for which we can reinvigorate and renovate the um, earthly realm and change some things so that maybe more people in the world feel safe and secure and feel like they're living a life of abundance and that, let's tell a new story here. And we can make it easy and we can talk it out. This is a harmonious, peaceful um, way to move into Gemini season, which will come up next. Yeah. I love that you're that we're closing out this cycle with this Mars Chiron and Venus Uranus because it feels like it really returns us to the imagery that we've discussed, you know, during this season that's about it's almost like is there an easier way to approach difficult thing or you know it's like like having fun in the underworld you know like you know kind of like gummy worms and like um you know and the energy of you know slipping out of one framework and into the other you know this kind of this way of both these themes of making peace with all the parts of ourselves and this energy of slipping off one storyline and into another that you were just talking about that there can be um there can be kind of a sweetness and a sparkling quality to that and that you know trips to the underworld or you know destroying outmoded narratives don't always have to feel like you're going you know at things you know from a full kind of um, place of, of hardness or friction that there can be just sort of a sloughing off and an exfoliating quality to, to fin- finish out Taurus season. All right, that about wraps it up. Thank you so much for spending this time with us as we uh, went over Taurus season and we'll be back soon with Gemini season. You can find us on the numinous.com. And feel free to share this podcast with a friend if you liked it. And we can't wait to connect with you again very soon.